I've been feeling a little muted. I'll have to tell you, <laughs> this has been a time of um, mute, being uh, slightly muted and in full service. Um, I do want to acknowledge um, the the importance of this book and the and the beauty of this scholarly writing by Wendy Garling, Dr. Wendy Garling. Um, to me, it's it's um, meaningful and significant that we're following the. Surangama Sutra with, uh, with this text, um, really looking at what it takes to raise a Buddha and to be present for a Buddha, not just as caregiver, but also as scholar, teacher, uh, activist, and um, extraordinary woman. So Dr. Garling has really, this is really the first biography of Mahaprajapati, and uh, it's thorough, and absolutely um, compelling to read. I did read through the introduction, but I want to confess I've been um, ex- very involved with uh, with my husband Peter, who's recovering from knee re- knee replacement surgery. So I've been a little bit on the front lines and muted, and don't really want to um, endeavor to give a, to give an introduction, a proper introduction to the book. Next week I'll be a little bit more seated. Um, we've been up all night with uh, swollen knees and ice packs and that kind of thing. But I do want to say that um, this book, I- I'm just really grateful that we're turning toward this text right now it, at this time and being able to immerse in another way to understand Buddha Dharma, mind and heart together in the present moment. You know, the, um, the Tikhan Han always reminded us that the, the gasho gesture, gasho practice is mind and heart together in the present moment with enough room in between to really hear and take up uh, study. So gratitude for, for this decision um, and, and for pivoting, Jean. So th- thank you. Um, and again, um, lots of love as we go forward into this realm. You're going to see me throughout throughout the morning uh, going off camera, just uh, settling into um, good protocols to take care of Peter while we're doing the study. So so it is. Thank you, Wendy. To this talk, let's see. This talk, uh, I'm going to say, is dedicated to someone who Su Moon often teaches about uh, from the Hidden Lamp, uh, a young woman named Satsajo, who was a niece and student of Hakuin. Uh, she was an adept at a very early age, it said, and her enlightenment was verified by Hakuin, which is big stuff. She practiced as a lay woman uh, and was known for doing dharma combat and vanquishing others. Vanquishing. Um, And she said to Hakuin himself um, that she was going to take her own being and go right straight ahead in her practice and left him rather dumbfounded in his interview room. So this talk uh, is dedicated to her, Satsujo. But we begin the study 
with, as I said, our great woman ancestor, Mahapajapati, great disciple of the Buddha, great perseverance, great patience, asking the Buddha for ordination, and then being turned down three times. Receiving skillful help from her Dharma brother and spiritual friend, Ananda. She went to the place where the Buddha was staying, approached him, greeted him, bowed, stood at a respectful distance, and spoke to him. It would be good, Lord, if women could be allowed to renounce their homes and enter into the homeless state under the Dharma and discipline of the Tathagata. Enough, Gotami. Don't set your heart on women being allowed to do this, he replied. So in response, she cut off her hair. She put on saffron-colored robes and set out again with 500 women to follow him, to make her request again and again to the man who she had raised, her son, though not her birth son, she was, in fact, his second mother. When she arrived, seeing her standing there, finally, the Venerable Ananda asked, Oh, you're crying, and you're so dirty, and you're so tired. And she said, Ananda, the Blessed One, does not permit women to renounce their homes and enter into the homeless state under the Dharma and discipline proclaimed by the Tathagata. So, the, so Ananda went to Buddha, bowed before him, and took his seat to one side and said, Mahapajapati is standing outside under the entrance porch with swollen feet, covered in dust, crying because you do not permit women to renounce their homes and enter into the homeless state. It would be good, Lord, if women were to have permission to do this. Enough, Inanda. Don't set your heart on women being allowed to do this. And then Inanda thought, Hmm, the Blessed One does not give his permission. Let me try asking on other grounds. Lord, since Mahapajapati was of great service to you, she was your aunt, your nurse, your foster mother when your mother died, she even suckled you at her own breast. It would be good if women could be allowed to enter into homelessness. The Buddha was silent. Are women able, Lord? Another continued. Are they able, if they enter into homelessness, to realize the fruits of stream entry? Once returning, non-returning, and arhatship? Yes, Ananda, they are able, answered the Buddha. How critically important was Ananda's courage and skillful advocacy. Let me try asking on other grounds, he said. Remembering the goodness of others, the ways in which we've been loved and served by their caring, this wise teaching, let me try asking on other grounds. 
is something we can refer to in our practice. It also gives us an example of two great practitioners yoked together in great perseverance and patience, great sangha, spiritual friendship and collaboration. An example of the accompaniment we can offer each other as Dharma sisters and brothers, as future ancestors. Let me ask on other grounds. Let me try it. Let me try asking the question a different way. Let me try not to be stuck in my approach, my opinion, my way. Let me be neither passive nor give up too soon if not getting what I want right away. All of this informed Ananda's decision to stick by Mahabhajapati. And like his best friend, Shariputra, who we know from the Heart Sutra, the two of them were both being were both men able to convey not being domineering. It was said in the great books that these two had sensitivities in particular and were part of opening the practice, not just to women, but also to all beings who followed them along the way. So Ananda's reworking of the request coupled with Mahavajapati's tenacious insistence for ordination is actually the reason why all Zen women ever since have been able to practice. Together they began to open that big, heavy Dharma gate. And the opening has been pushed further and further by many great disciples over the last thousands of years. But this story, their spiritual friendship, Mahavajapati and Ananda, has even more to share. It's still reverberating all these generations later through Zen Echo Canyons, transforming what's happening right now. And as a result of their combined efforts, they're setting their hearts on it. They've created and encouraged us, along with Satsajo, to have a practice of going right straight ahead. I had the chance to study at Tassajara during that 2019 practice period. I read and chanted Dogen fascicles with others in a small study group each week, and then on my own. Remember, it is Dogen who also says, even a seven-year-old female can teach the Dharma and should be bowed to. So as we were in that little study group, we brought forward a book called Zen Ritual, which had an essay on it called Women and Dogen. It had a study by Dr. Paula Arai, who was a local San Francisco scholar, but also an international scholar. 
about rituals led by Soto Zen Buddhist nuns in this day. It's been happening for the last several decades in a women's monastery in Nagoya, Japan. And Japan is quite conservative uh, about how monastics and nuns should act. But these rituals have been created by the nuns themselves without getting permission from the, what would I call it, sort of like the, the Buddhist Vatican. It's called the Soto Shu in Japan. And recently it actually has been given their blessing, but it took some decades of happening. It's called the Anan Koshiki Ceremony. Uh, it's a way of bringing social change through a non-confrontational method of ritual of expressing gratitude. It's gratitude to Ananda. And the nuns do it once a year, opening it to all women, and laywomen, nuns, women from far away and close in. The rituals are actually an actualization of concerns. Um, the other ritual that we read about was sort of like the hospice ritual that many of us may have um, participated in the past where um, people who have died recently are remembered in a ceremony, but a ceremony that takes all day where you sit in the temple together and you chant the names over and over again and you put them onto a, uh, a white tablet and create a beautiful altar and to remember in this way and to feel those feelings of grief and loss, which often are hurried through, it seems, in, in some ritual. So they wanted to make sure that both the Ananda gratitude mm -hmm. was, was highlighted and also this way of honoring ancestors. Both of the rituals have been part of a lifelong dedication by the only female Roshi I know of in Japan, Ayama Shundo Roshi. I had an opportunity to meet her when I was quite young. Uh, she came to visit us in the Zen community of New York. Uh, and what I loved about her was that she had a practice of, after Zazen and, uh, and our Oriyoki practice in the morning and then our work practice, she liked to go outside and skip. <laughs> that was part of her practice. She was this tiny little woman who went out skipping in the neighborhood and said that she felt like this was a way for her to stoke her energy and to bring her into communion with all beings in the outdoors. So while Japanese nuns looked at the history of their sect like this, they also began to see themselves involved in what I said was social change, bringing the status of women further on in honor of the Ananda Mahavajapati friendship. When they read Dogen's writings, they see that women being completely respected and affirmed are actually blessed in those writings. And despite the historical circumstances, 
that included oppressing them. They didn't just listen to the men and they didn't act like women who needed to be told they were valuable. They declared it themselves. It's not, these are not defensive rituals. The fundamental strategies employed by them, as I said before, is gratitude. Gratitude to the ancestors. Gratitude to those who have shown tenacious spirit, patience, reverence, and ways of what I would call pivoting. Something that all of us are called upon to do to not stick to our views, but also to not go passive, to not give up. Praising, being in touch with what people have given to us, what we have received, both as individuals and also as group sangha, bringing forth the praise, our collective realization, our becoming in this moment, the Buddha Maitreya, the next Buddha, the Sangha, as Thich Nhat Hanh said. These rituals affirm the lives of the living as it also honors the lives of deceased ones. And the nuns practice the rituals, believing there's a visceral experience of interrelatedness required for healing to occur. So it's a series of many bows that happen. Bows in the body, both praising and also grieving. And they've found that these rituals facilitate the changes that they want to feel and affect with others. The experience of interrelatedness as you do the practices together. The mind can comprehend interrelatedness, but the knowledge really blossoms in the body. That brings about healing. So bringing about healing, bringing about interrelatedness, embodying gratitude affirming respect for all life. Not needing to have someone else tell us we are of value, but to bring that forward ourselves. This penetrating awareness, Buddha nature. Thus have I heard, only love can bring the end of healing. The story of love and healing. Mahapajapati, Ananda. These practices that propel us to this day to keep going right straight ahead. So thank you for listening this morning. This is just a beginning of a month-long study. So I want to ask people to go into breakout groups and to ask you 
What are you going right straight ahead into? What are you tenacious about wanting to learn, wanting to practice? We'll take uh, 12 minutes, uh, groups of two. And let's see. If you're alone, I'll find you. What are you tenacious about? What are you going right straight ahead into right now? <laughs> 